0: everybody, thanks for joining us on Taurus Tech Talk. For myself, Corey, and Robert, your co-hosts, um, we've got Tim and Greg in from Yamaha today visiting with us. This is our uh, first po- podca- podcast of the year, right? Vodcast, podcast.
1: Podcast, podcast, yeah. It's the first first, first, one. Well,
0: it's February 19th. We got all the way to the mid-February.
1: I think we're slacking. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not good. But it's happy, happy to have a Yamaha for the first one of the year, though.
0: I blame myself. It's the it's the it's the beginning of the year hangover.
1: I didn't even drink on New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, I can't
0: speak the same. Um, so so guys, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Um, I've yeah. known I've known Tim for a very long time uh, since his days in, in projects past, or I should say, employment past. Yes. Um, always a, a great mind in audio, and I've always uh, really loved to listen to the things that you had to say and the education you've given me. Um so I appreciate that. No, thanks. Why it. don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to be in the industry and and how you um got to Yamaha.
2: Yeah, again, thanks for having us. First I'd like to say based on the content of the coffee, it is a podcast, not a vodcast. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> got it. But thanks for having us here. Yeah, um gosh, I, I started back. I grew up in California and uh in high school and just out of high school I worked at a a high-end stereo shop uh, in, in silicon valley so as you know being at one of the best stereo shops in silicon valley you meet a lot of dignitaries some very interesting people and get to work on some very very interesting projects uh this is back in the early 80s i remember putting in the first cell phones they were car phones before they were mobile cell phones and alarms and learned a lot we did pro audio and again got to meet some very fascinating dignitaries but fast forward i'm a, a it engineer i'm working uh, in, in the industry i'm cisco engineer and i'm Working on Ethernet networks, and I did some consulting for a company called Netstreams in Austin, and that's how I kind of got pulled back into AV. Uh, these guys were doing seven twenty p raw over Ethernet. we were using IGMP technology. It's kind of pre Crestron DM days, and from consulting with them, I joined the company, and from there we got acquired by ClearOne. So I was working with DSPs for five years, and then from there over to Revo Labs, um, who got acquired by Yamaha in twenty fourteen. So it's been an interesting ride, but. from audio into IT back into audio.
0: Very cool. Very
1: cool. I think I I remember that from conversations past. uh, You and I have a similar background. That's how I got started in AV was through networking and uh, basically Cisco switch routing work. And the company I went to work for did AV and they were shorthanded. I was like, that's fine. I'll pitch in whatever you need. And then I just never turned
0: around and went back. Yeah. I envision um I envision Tim holding a big stereo on your shoulder. Did you ever do that? No, I never had the uh Come on man, you didn't boom box do the boombox. No,
2: no. But um I was the kid in the in the car stereo contest with the head muffs on, you know, cranking four thousand watts, trying to destroy my hearing so, <laughs> so. But no, I'm sure no, we've all done a little bit of that. No no boombox. I okay. was
3: the romantic, holding my boombox
2: outside my. Nice. Say anything. That's a say anything reference. I love it. So,
1: so hold on. Car audio. What was your? How long ago was that?
2: Gosh, this was in the early '80s. We were doing. A, I actually put in the very first CD player for a car. It was the Alpine 5900, and it did Alpine. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Didn't even have a radio in it. It was just a CD player. And what are I you,
1: yeah, ninety? No kidding.
2: <laughs> I remember putting this thing in and. Uh, Test drove the car and it skipped over the first speed bump poorly, badly. It was just horrendous. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. We used to do a lot of high end stuff. I actually did Steve Wozniak's car one time.
1: Okay,
0: that's cool. Did he?
1: Did he, he, he? Let's see, mid to early '80s. He probably didn't have the Wozniak dollar bills yet, did he? Did was, he pay you in
2: Wozniak he, money? He did not pay me in Woz money. No, but uh, it was a Jaguar uh, XJ12. And we used to hide, we used to do like, I'm sorry, cuss, Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a neat car, but we used to do, you know, up to 10, 12 speakers all hidden in a car. We used to do leather perforations and all sorts of custom stuff. And uh, in his car, I got permission from my boss to do an Apple logo to hide the tweeters behind instead of just a round pattern. And this is pre-internet, so I didn't have an Apple logo. I couldn't Google an Apple logo. I actually went to a computer store up the street and, and got somebody to tear off of one of the boxes that had an Apple logo on it Took that <laughs> back to the shop and to this day I still have a little uh, a little vinyl template that I made that for. that's it.
0: incredible he
2: loved it he showed up and saw it and he was he was pretty jazzed with it. so 4,000 watts what was your go-to subwoofer back then oh we had so many um, was
1: sundown around then used
2: to do Seos 13s I mean just you name it um, Probably my favorite sounding subwoofers were ADS, a German speaker company. Okay. We used to do an array of ADS 10s. I I like 10s. They're pretty tight. Not too tubby and loose. It was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. It was a great experience. I got to do pro audio as well. And one of the neat things back then was uh, building your own crossovers, you know, second and third order crossovers, you know, 12 dB slope, uh, 18 dB slope per octave. Doing all of that work back then and the basics of audio, you know, tweeter placement, woofers, making crossovers. Uh, doing a, um, analysis of the we used to actually put a microphone in where the driver was and what oh, was that audio? I can't remember the name of the company, but would flatten it EQ the car based on the sitting position much like Yamaha does now with their home surround sound systems But yeah, it was a great uh, great background great introduction for everything that's come after that uh, All the way from you know mounting speakers learning how to hide speakers making grill cloths acoustic panels everything I learned back right after high school Really paid dividends later on when I got back into the industry.
0: It reminded me of like um, when I was a kid we had we had one buddy that had the CD player uh, that you know the portable Walkman I think it was Walkman uh, that had the tape yeah uh, you know auxiliary piece because none of us could afford the CD player like Wozniak um, <laughs> and uh, man it was Skip. Every time. And then they came out with one that had anti-skip on it. And, you know, we, we put, took a piece of double-sided Velcro and, like, Velcroed it to the to the, <laughs> to the console. Yeah, that's all I was thinking about when you were talking about skipping on the...
2: Yeah, this. it's amazing how far we've come with uh, music. I mean, it used to be audiophile, quality over quantity. And then um, I, too, have joined the new generation. It's really nice having 2,000, 3,000 songs in yeah. your pocket with instant yeah. access to all of them. So you I'm know, I, I I spent a lot of
1: time categorizing music like on a hard drive and building playlists and now i just open pandora or spotify and i'm like artist artist uh, music like this artist and i just it's
0: it makes you think about where where it's going to be in another 25 years well i'm
1: talking hours hours and hours endless amounts of time building this library which i still have because it's like if you spend a thousand hours doing something you can't just throw it away but, I can tell you the last time I've played a song off that hard drive. i <laughs> but I, I just can't bring myself to hit the delete button. I, I don't know. <laughs> I
0: so, know Greg, tell us about yourself. How did you come well, to Yamaha? I'll, I'll tell you, Tim is the interesting one of the
3: two of us. My background isn't quite so exciting, you know, but uh,
0: <laughs> you didn't build a car for an executive at Apple.
3: <laughs> no, but obviously you know based on my age, my uh, my history with audio goes back a little further and on a personal nature. I remember installing a, 8-track nice. system in my 66 Mustang and laying there and listening to, you know, uh, stereo content for the first time. You know, it was just blowing me away that music was coming out of the two different speakers. Like, <laughs> that's the left speaker. <laughs> There's the right speaker. Exactly. <laughs> what, a, what a world. How did they do that? Yeah, but I, I got into um, in, into AV in a little bit of a different route. I started out back in my career. Uh, I actually originally started out in HR. And uh, was working for a major Fortune 200 company dealing with the labor union, you know, and just it was a very reactive type of position, you know, every day just dealing with problems that the labor uh, the union would bring up to me was that was that here in texas obviously no it was actually is that was actually up in upstate new york in the Finger Lake region in new york i'm a i'm a jersey guy i was was gonna
1: say i get a little i get a little eastern vibe out of you yeah
3: yeah i'm born and raised in new jersey lived in upstate new york for a number of years uh moved back to jersey uh for a while uh to be a little bit closer to family and then 14 years ago my wife and i said we're moving to north carolina so we just decided to pick up and make
0: the move, and
3: that doesn't we, sound we like a it. terrible decision. Yeah, no, no, it was a, it was a really good decision. My can you kids, pump
0: your own gas in North Carolina? You cannot. Really? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In Jersey, you can't. In Jersey,
3: I was just back in Jersey recently, and, and you still can't in Jersey. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, there's a ton of places. I just got back from Oregon. There's a ton of places I didn't realize the the state of Oregon. You can't. You know, oh, a really? lot of places you can't pump I your own gas. Oh, New Jersey was the only state that still. Had well, that. um. To be candid, I mean, we were driving between Portland and this place called Bandon, which is about four and a half hours southwest. And you go through these small towns, which barely look like they have five hundred people in them, and the single gas station you'd stop at. I'm sure they're trying to keep the jobs, but well, they hadn't heard about the law change. Yet, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably hadn't <laughs> yeah. got out to there.
3: But but anyway, I wanted to get into a more react or a proactive type of position, so decided to get into technology sales. It was, this is way back when you know I was selling. Uh, word processing systems you know and then that evolved into actually PCs running word processing software and and so on then went to work for a a data systems integrator so I was in the data world for a while worked for Bay Networks I got acquired by Nortel so that kind of brought me into the telephony world for the first time Um, so I was working for Nortel for a number of years had some major account positions and some regional things channel manager organizations Uh, They uh, ultimately, as you probably know, went bankrupt um, due to some, you know, fiscal malfeasance. And um, Avaya uh, uh, scooped up the enterprise division that I was part of. So I worked for Avaya uh, for a number of years and then left and got into the AV world. One of the guys that uh, I worked with at Norton Avaya um, became a regional manager for a large systems integrator and contacted me about joining their team. You know, he just knew me as an as an individual and how I handled accounts. So uh, I uh, ended up joining that integrator in North Carolina. I Was there for three and a half years, and that's how I actually first met Tim, uh, doing some Revolabs installations. installations. Uh, had some uh, great success with it, and then how long were you were you uh, with Nortel Avaya offering those systems? Uh, let's see, I think it was hmm. Um, I actually did two stints with Nortel because at, at one point I did get laid off after the big dot, dot com, you know, the big boom uh, and then bust. Uh, so uh, um, ended up going outside of IT for just a short period of time, realized I really, that's where I really liked being. So jumped back in, ended up moving to North Carolina at that time, rehired with Nortel, you know, after a few months there. So probably about 13 years total uh, wow, time okay. between the two companies. Uh, about about 10 with Nortel and 3 with uh, Avaya. When I was
1: at my previous employment, part of my some of my early responsibilities was configuring uh, Avaya and Alcatel VoIP systems mm-hmm. on Cisco networks mm-hmm. specifically because the guys that worked there were all analog or digital PBX guys. And the VoIP stuff was just like, yeah. it just didn't make any sense to anybody and
3: well it's interesting because Nortel really developed the initial yeah. system for Cisco you know uh, they kind of helped Cisco get started in that business and,
0: and then, i'm sure there's help. dozens of companies <laughs> yeah. that have the similar claim and Cisco just
3: scoops them up they also they also had a partnership with Microsoft that went very much decidedly in Microsoft's favor and so pretty much created that voice technology for that Microsoft.
1: that sounds to me like a uh, Small fish, big pond problem.
3: Yeah, some real some real bad management mistakes for me.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's hard, though, because, it, you know, we even run into this sometimes. You want to be involved with a larger player on a bigger scale. And so sometimes, you, you know, you make decisions that are not questionable, but on the fringe with the impetus that it could lead to much bigger things.
3: And sometimes you get swallowed up. <laughs> so when I first got into AV, talking about swallowing, I, I felt like I was, you know, Uh, drinking from a fire hose when i first joined av because (laughs) it was much more complicated uh you know there's so many different standards that i had and i was you know coming into the transition you know from the analog world to the to the ip world and and so there was so much to learn and um but but it was so much more fun yeah the sale in av is much more fun in my opinion it's a
1: it can be a bit of a feast or famine business though Mm -hmm. i mean People are always going to need phones and they're always going to need internet to run their day-to-day business. But if things get tight, they're not going to be, they're not going to be opening the purse strings to build a new studio or conference room or, you know, they're going to do the the bare minimum. So that's, that's always been our thing uh, is making sure we stay engaged with all of our clients for years and years and years, rather than just, Hey, here's one project and then move on to the next client. We're, we're, retention rate is is really important for that reason you know but uh, client
3: retention is a much better way to do sales it's much yeah. more effective much more cost effective oh absolutely to absolutely to
1: well that's that's, um, that's robert's territory I, <laughs> I, I i'll leave that to the master
0: <laughs> so uh so greg tell us about yamaha i know a lot of our viewers and listeners are going to know yamaha from probably personal experiences professional experiences so give us an overview of what Yamaha encompasses, and then let's let's bring it down to to the division that you guys work in. Sure. Okay. Great question. So, like you said, everybody knows Yamaha. Everybody has a
3: favorite Yamaha product that they've you know have used or, or had for years. One of the fun things about our job is and walking around with the Yamaha name on our jackets or shirts or that we get stopped multiple times every day. People want to talk about their motorcycle. Or their drum set, their guitar. <laughs> That's okay.
1: the first thing that came to mind was uh, was uh,
3: <clears throat> motorcycles. motorcycles. Yeah, what, their Wave Runner, their boot engine, <laughs> you know, their, wh- whatever. I mean, Yamaha has created so many products and, and dominates in a lot of areas that uh, it's kind of funny because I'll get stopped all the time, and then they want to start talking. To- I'm like, yeah, 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 you don't want to talk about my products. I'll, I'll bore you. you know? <laughs> but the funny thing is, is on the plane on the way down here, I sold the YVC 200 to the woman who was sitting next to me. So That's she, cool. She is a ghostwriter for athletes. Oh, and okay. She's worked with a lot of athletes in the Dallas market, and uh, she just fell in love with, with the product. She said, I'm buying it as soon as we get off the plane. Yeah, so, you know, so it's kind of—it sounds like you, a perfect fit for, for the
0: portability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, really it wasn't so. a
3: boring conversation then. Apparently, no, no, not uh, at
1: that,
2: all. Then Greg's a true
3: salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're we're part of uh, the music division. Basically, there's two major components: the Yamaha corporate. You know, you got you've got your motor. Uh, sports division and then your music division uh, we're a very small but very important part of the music division so we're the newest uh, group at Yamaha um, you know obviously Yamaha bought Riva Labs in 2014 kind of you know stayed low for a while there typical uh, Yamaha fashion is to you know really learn the business slowly start to make the changes yeah. very methodical uh, I joke around about how you know Yamaha's short-term planning is three to five years. Our short-term planning here is like three to five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, you know, we've gotten accustomed, you know, to that now. And but because of that, when they release a product, it's usually a kick-ass, you know, kind of thing, uh, and they, and it performs really well. And I think that's that's the most important thing is the performance. Uh, you know, it may not be cutting-edge in terms of uh, look. You know, uh, usually they're pretty simple and streamlined, and so on. There's sort of an understated Yamaha look to most of the products, uh, but uh, performance is outstanding. And so I think that at the end of the day, that's what really counts.
0: Yeah, I've always felt the same. I I can't tell you how many times as an integrator, you know, someone as a manufacturer wants to rush to market with a product because they're seeing that maybe that market is expanding and it's really, really hot, and they want to just rush and make that money, and at the detriment of what? You know us as an integrator are putting the name behind it and we're going to install it or configure it or whatever and we want that product to be tried and true so it makes me feel really great to to know that a yamaha product is going through that that D process going through all of that before it gets put out into the fields because it makes a big difference
3: well in, in full candor, i mean you know we know those that have been in the industry for a while uh reevalabs had some great products they they introduced your know, wireless you know, microphones for conferencing um, and, and had some real success but then rushed a second generation product out to market. And in some cases, we still have that black eye. You know, we're, we're hardly the only company that's ever had, you know, um, expanding battery issues you know, sure. but, I mean, there was a time where you couldn't get on an airplane if you had a Samsung Galaxy in your pocket.
0: That wasn't right? too long ago. Uh, uh, that
3: wasn't that long ago. But, you know, there are some other companies that had panels coming off the walls and things like that. But, you know, it's um, Reva Labs was a very small company and did not really handle it well. Didn't have one point five billion dollars or whatever to buy back that mistake. Right. Like Samsung. So, um, you know, we paid the price and one of the things one of the very smart things that yamaha uh, and Labs did together was we took our third generation product executive elite wireless mics and gave it to yamaha engineers to improve upon it so the firmware improvements that have been made have been outstanding and you know it's just rock solid now so that that kind of just not to highlight that product but goes back to yamaha's you know way of doing business and their their uh, emphasis on quality control there's four gates of quality control that a product has to go through and so sometimes you're waiting for it to come out like, well we haven't passed gate four yet you know we're waiting for that sign off so uh,
1: I, I will say from an integrator perspective it, and me being more on the engineering side having a product that comes from a trusted name that doesn't quite meet the mark or you spend a bunch of time doing manufacturer R&D at a customer job site is the worst thing that can happen. I mean, it's one thing if we buy it, right, and it doesn't work for us, or we test it and we find a few pitfalls or some misleading white paper documentation, uh, and, and that is a really big challenge that a couple of years ago, we just simply decided we're unwilling to offer any problem product to a customer that we haven't brought in-house and tested on our own basically compared what the data sheets say versus what it actually does and how it behaves as best was we're capable of testing it and a lot of times it'll perform all of the functions but maybe it's a little different right it it, it it's it's adhering to the standards but it's you know, maybe this is a little delayed or this takes a little longer or this was an unexpected result. And and uh, for us, it just allows us to have that confidence when we take that product into a customer. Doing R&D Absolutely. at a job site is, gosh, the worst thing. Because we commission a system and we, we turn it up and we train on it and then we leave. And then the customer calls and goes, hey, did you know it doesn't do this or it does that or this sounds terrible? and we go back and forth with the manufacturer and the customer until we either replace it or resolve it and
0: we've all been there. So <laughs> yeah, I
1: I'm Such happy to hear story. that. <laughs> yeah.
0: We Even Tim t- with his car CD players. Yes. We could just sit here and do war stories for a few <laughs> hours, right?
1: Yeah. So but it's it's good to hear that Yamaha has continued to kind of carry that thought process into The UC division and continue to improve the Revo products because and not to bash on Revo, but we had a lot of trouble with the early Revo products when we picked them up as a as a manufacturer before they were scooped up by by Yamaha. And it kind of became a product that was on our on our blacklist and kind of hearing what you're saying. It it may be worth a a revisit on our part.
3: Absolutely. Well, we've had a lot of people change their minds now with uh, with the latest generation of the products. And we're, uh, Yamaha is not redoing all of the Revo products. Right now, the Revo products are a product line underneath the Yamaha name brand. But all new solutions are, are going to be Yamaha. In fact, the engineering uh, really has been moved to Hamamatsu Japan, okay. at Yamaha's corporate uh, headquarters and in their innovation lab. Tim can tell you some great stuff about that cuz he actually got to go to Japan last year. So our UC engineers and I believe there's about 50 of them now work side by side with the music engineers and the pro audio engineers and so on. So there's a, you know, there's great symbiotic relationship now with these groups working together. And that's really what we're all about is kind of bringing that audio fidelity from the music and professional audio into our uc solutions nice so some of our really low-end solutions the technology that's in there just blows you away and we're excited with the opportunity to get out and demo and show people um, because we've got some really cool stuff
1: so i was looking through some of your products and i'm very familiar with the the revo look and feel the the, the the square microphones that are branded Yamaha that are that that sit in the docking station is that Revo technology or is that a Yamaha technology from a
2: from a scratch perspective? So I'll I'll jump in on that one. I think uh, and this has come up before. The square microphones you're referring to aren't are from Yamaha, but they were never conferencing microphones. So we've okay. seen that a few times where people go, "Hey, I've seen <laughs> these square mics, not from the Unified Communications division." So yeah, yeah, you know, Yamaha obviously makes microphones. Uh, being in the music right. business, but um, they're the the old square based ones that you've seen aren't aren't something that are in the conferencing sector,
0: so. Um, so, t- so Tim, tell us a little bit about in the music division and the UC space. Uh, why don't you give us some highlights on some of the styles of products that Yamaha offers? And what we'll do for our viewers is we'll uh, we'll put up some some images and some links to some of these some of these categories.
2: Yeah. So. Again, as as Greg had mentioned, I was, was fortunate enough to go to Japan last year. Um, they are the music division is based in Hamamatsu, about 15 miles up the road. In Iwata, is the uh, motor division. Well,
1: and, and the, Tim, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but aren't you a motorcycle guy?
2: Yeah, did you did you get some would come up at some?
1: Point. <laughs> did, you, did did you get some free time to, to detour by chance?
2: I, I did. There's uh, <laughs> a wonderful friend of mine in Japan named uh, um, uh, Daigo. And at the last day, while we were uh, we were there for nine days and seven days doing extensive work at, at uh, Hamamatsu, but i had mentioned that you know he, he knew I used to he knows I used to road race motorcycles and have been a Yamaha nut. Um, in fact, I was doing backflips when Yamaha acquired us because I raced Yamaha. I was kind of bleed blue Yamaha blood, so I was always a Yamaha proponent, and to be purchased by Yamaha was fantastic. And then to get to go there was amazing. But, yeah, the last day, he uh, arranged for a Yamaha uh, vehicle to take me over to the museum. We Got to spend four hours at the Motor Museum. It was really a bucket list type thing for me. and. They were laughing because I cleaned out the entire gift shop. <laughs> and I was leaving with a box.
1: I, I was going to say a new suitcase size, or a box yes. you got to ship home.
2: Um, they, they were just laughing. I, I bought up the entire gift shop. And it wasn't until I got out in the parking lot with this massive box that I realized, hey, I got to get on a bullet train and I got to fly home with this stuff. And I've already got a suitcase and a backpack. And how am I going to do this? But You were too, too excited like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, too excited. But back to the question. Yeah, we uh, got to go to Yamaha's new technology center it's a millions and millions of dollars facility right next to the old headquarters and housed within it is also their innovation road museum where they showcase products from every every division including ours it's pretty nice to see our YVC 300 and 1000 series up on the wall but they have as Greg mentioned the largest sound chamber in the world is at this facility wow. the speaker test labs the technology and what gets done under the hood there I think that's what really impressed me and everybody has a conference speaker phone technology under the hood of ours and why our sound better really became evident to me on that trip because of the collaboration between all of the engineers from the music department I didn't realize Yamaha made every single instrument in an orchestra and has a facility to play it they have an orchestra facility whatever you call those auditoriums but it is an amazing company with amazing technology Uh, the human voice activity detection their noise suppressors just the way they approach technology. I had a long conversation with one of the engineers about how their echo canceled algorithms are written. And they're actually analyzing the difference between AI written algorithms and still human based written algorithms. So these guys really are on the cutting edge with the technology. And to go to that facility and see how they do it and how they pull it together. And the product feel, too, as Greg mentioned, it's very understated. The products have a very similar look across them. You know, you can, we walked into a room yesterday, and from across the room, I could tell it was a Yamaha mixer right off the bat. You know, the Virage mixers from the Pro, Pro Division are just impressive stuff. But to know that they bring the technology from every one of their sound divisions. They've been in Pro Audio since 1969. Now, I've only been wow. on the planet since 1965. <laughs> so as long as I've been walking around, they've been working on audio and putting that technology into the products.
1: That's really cool. So have you gotten to go to Japan?
0: I have not, not yet. I, I could tell I, earlier I, when he said Tim I, got to go. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't gonna,
3: wasn't gonna point it I, out. But I, I, I lobby every chance I can get. You don't, know, worry, uh, don't worry, don't uh, worry, Greg. We'll yeah. get you there, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have seen the look on Greg's face when they said I might get to go back again. He was like, oh, I haven't been once. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. an amazing company. Really but, but
3: what's kind of neat, you know, we're talking about we're part of the music division, but also how. Um, Yamaha dominates the marketplace in Japan. You know we're really unknown still here in the U.S., but in in Japan, you know we have all our own switches and routers. We outsell the competition in there. We have 56% market share in uh, UC desktop, you know, uh, tabletop devices. Um, Yamaha's been making speaker phones since 2006, uh, which people aren't aware of. You know, so it's yeah. it, we're we're sort of this real great unknown secret uh, in the U.S. So that's our job is to do to, the, to get the word out. for important, and this is a wonderful opportunity to Absolutely. do that.
0: Bro. Absolutely. Yeah, I
2: didn't realize as well, um, did you know Yamaha's the largest investor in uh, Avnet and Dante technology? I had no idea. I, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: so. I knew that they used Dante as a primary audio transport for digital audio, but I didn't know that. Yeah, they we're, were the
2: largest
3: investor in Audinate. So
2: That's Yamaha cool. really is a as a front runner with Dante technology, and it, it it's used across all of our platforms now, and we're we're seeing it more in the UC space as well for pretty much all That's, the Yamaha
1: platforms. So, man, I just feel kind of kind of dumb i we've guess we've had
0: topics specifically over dante and, and no one's ever mentioned that so that's pretty neat <laughs> no
1: yeah i don't know so yeah we had a podcast not long ago where it was not really a versus but we had we had uh uh kind of a dante heavy guy and um avb a avb heavy guy and really talked about the positive negatives of of both and it never one time came up that uh yamaha carries the 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 biggest investment in that now and, we can and it, educate them well and honestly it, it didn't even come up in our in our our research so really yeah you 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 guys should work hard to get the name out there if you you know if you're really
3: offering we we do I, I, and i think you're going to see yes. a, a lot of new things this year so you know Great. particularly like at infocom
1: I would have never guessed that you guys had that large of a market share. I mean, I kind of understand in the U.S., but outside of the U.S. that you have that large of
2: a market share. One of the things that surprised me was routing and switching. You know, that's my background. I used to design Mashed Ethernet Networks and Cisco guy. Yamaha is Cisco of routing and switching in that market. Uh, they just dominate and own that market. Yeah, again, completely
1: unaware. So I'm glad you guys are here. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I have homework to do because... I. I to be honest i knew that they made musical instruments i know that they make microphones i know that they have a uh, I, I i knew that they had a very large audio presence from live instrumentation perspective but really i kind of thought the uc division was this kind of tiny little bubble that you guys were over here and it
3: doesn't it sounds like
1: that that uh, is a complete misnomer i i'm
3: I, well, I read he, that all wrong. And even in motorsports, you know, Yamaha built engines for Toyota for the Toyota Supra and other race cars and stuff. So, well, having there's so many more products that we don't
2: even know about. You
0: know? Well, we having spend been another a, hour with you guys after yeah. this show, <laughs> yeah, for sure, it was
2: amazing going to Japan and seeing what they do.
1: Having been a bike guy and a, a, a car guy, I'm very familiar with Yamaha's automotive history, uh, and so uh, I, I just I have more work to do.
0: All right. So I have something to admit. Um, I think early on in my career, if I were going to go into a a space with a customer and, and they wanted to talk about conferencing, um, I would put first video. I would, because that's what you see, you know, it's you want a beautiful projection system. You want a beautiful flat panel display. Um, how do we share content? What does that look like? And that was always lead. And, uh, really, uh, Kudos to you and a couple of other audio geniuses that I know that really started to hammer home that audio in a conferencing environment is, um, and I've said it before on the show, is every bit as important, if not more important, than video. Because we we make a lot more phone calls than we do video calls still today. I'm sure that'll change, but um, it's, it's paramount. So why don't you, um, Tim, take us through some of the products for conferencing solutions and meeting spaces that Yamaha uh, complements that for.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and thanks for that. I, I have been preaching for many years that A is the most important part
0: of AV. I think you made me feel pretty bad about my life one time. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> man, are to. you kidding me? Are you kidding me right uh... now? You need, to sp- you need to pick the right speaker. <laughs> well, if
2: you remember a few years ago, telepresence was maybe more than a few now, telepresence was going to be the big thing. And these telepresence rooms were massively expensive. Yeah. I was in a $900,000 telepresence room when the audio went out. And I leaned over to the guy and I said, you know what you got now? He said, what's that, Tim? I said, you got $900,000 surveillance because you ain't got a meeting. (laughs) So, you know, you
1: just... I've kind of been the opposite of Robert. I've always said, you know, the video could be iffy or choppy or, or glitchy, but if the audio sounds good people will forgive the video faster now where i agree with him is when you walk into a room the microphones are not typically the wow feature as a matter of fact you guys and many other manufacturers have spent millions of dollars trying to hide them right (laughs) Uh, whereas with displays we've spent millions of dollars trying to make them a focal point whether it's a video wall whether it's a laser projector and and a uh, ambient rejection screen or whatever the case may be, but we do the opposite with audio. Somehow that's a that's a detractor in a nice space, whereas video is is not. It's it's an it's an odd dynamic. Now that I think about it, so it's a little bit like behind every successful man
0: there's a woman. That's you know, true. Oh, that's a, man. a good analogy right there. <laughs> so, so, my
1: wife is the microphone, the audio setup, and I'm. I think I'd
0: probably get my wife to watch this uh, episode. I, I, I hope
2: my wife hears <laughs> that. So. i got to say, my wife's the DSP. How peripheral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to that point, right? When there's a problem in that room and there's bad audio, who do they blame? They look right down on that table and find that microphone, look at the brand name on that microphone, and it doesn't matter if it's the network or the DSP or something upstream from that. So yeah, the microphone is the unsung hero in, in many regards. No, you,
0: you,
1: you've got it wrong, Tim.
2: The speaker on
1: my table doesn't <laughs> oh, work. Oh gosh, the speaker Man. on my table times doesn't have we, work.
0: How often I heard <laughs> yeah. that? How often they and call I'm like, the you mean
1: you mean a microphone? No, the speaker on my table. And it's was like, uh, you know what? You're right. The speaker on the table doesn't work. We'll get it fixed. I listened
0: to a customer say it six times in a meeting, and then I started to to kind of go into my my points, and I swear I repeated it back. You know, this speaker. Oh, no. He likes to, it. I'll go me. there. Yeah, it's a speaker. Okay. I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. That's I, sometimes you just got to join the conversation. <laughs> I,
3: I was going to say one of our great success stories uh, back when I was with the integrator was this uh, former customer called up and was screaming at me on at, on the phone. You know, and just I didn't know the woman at all, and she's like, you know, whatever you do, you you can't come in here and sell us. Reva labs microphone. We will never have those again. Blah blah. blah you know. And I said, hold on a second. First of all, who are you? You know, and then, um, you know. Let me come over. Let's do a little bit of investigation to see what the problem is. And so uh, it turns out the issue was their programming on the DSP and the programming yeah. on the control panel. But like we talked about, everybody sees the microphone on the table. Yeah. Very so story I, there. I took out one of. Revolabs newer, you know, the Executive Elite mics, and I handed it to her. Her name is, you know, embossed down on the corner. It's not quite as prominent, and she loved it. She's, oh, my, I would definitely get a microphone like this. This is great. I love the way it feels. Use double batteries and so on. So I walked out of there after her telling us that they would never buy Revolabs again. I walked out of there with a 32-channel sale of Executive Elite. Nice.
2: <laughs> and Tim worked with me on that. So. Uh, but back to Robert's, uh, Robert's question about Yamaha and the technology and audio and, and what they bring to it. Um, obviously, echo cancellation is the primary thing you got to have in conferencing, and that happens at the DSP level. But I, I think what Yamaha for those brings, that don't
0: understand, that may be listening or viewing, to just real quickly give us echo cancellation, automatic thirty-second
2: 30 synopsis. So, Go echo canceling one hundred and one. <laughs> it's pretty simple. When I'm on the telephone, when I'm speaking to you and I got my cell phone up to my head, my head is the echo canceller. It is stopping the audio from the speaker going back into the mic and being sent back to the far end. When you're in a conferencing environment, you have speakers in the ceiling and microphones on the table. You have to When Sally says hello in Chicago and it comes out the speaker, I hear it, but so does my mic and it gets sent back to Sally. So that's what echo cancellation is stopping that return path we've all heard echo cancellation it's typically a second and a half it's different from neco, uh, uh, network uh, delay uh, acoustic echo is about a second and a half so when you go hi Bob hi Bob you hear yourself back that's classic acoustic echo And the interesting thing about it is it's always the other person's equipment <laughs> if, I'm in, if I'm in Chicago and I'm talking to New York and I hear my name back at myself it's New York's equipment that's bad, not mine. Yeah. So it's the far end that has to cancel. Why are you passing everything. the buck, Tim? Hey, hey, hey. That's good why, education. Why, why are you Thank passing you, the buck? It, it's always been interesting to say that. Oh, I hear myself back. Well, it's not our problem, is it? <laughs> yeah. You know, my other favorite one too is when people go, "Your microphone's not working. All I get is feedback." I'm like, "Well, if you got feedback, it's certainly working. <laughs>
1: it's work, so, working too well, unfortunately."
2: Well. But uh. Yeah, so back to the, the Yamaha technology, uh, what we're seeing now in the conferencing space is a slight change from what we've seen in the past. We're seeing glass conference rooms, open work collaboration spaces. These, these are presenting a whole new set of challenges on the technology side and where Yamaha has been really positioned well to deal with that, um, we have human voice activity detection. We're able to noise filter in the human speech range where most people filter around it because they can't really differentiate speech we have such advanced algorithms that we can actually not just see speech because of the range it's in but the patterns themselves so now we can filter through that range as well so our noise suppression is better we have on most of our conference products dereverberation which is critical in these glass conference rooms again it's been interesting to see uh... the change in the industry over the last ten years from well-designed conference rooms with acoustic panels carpeted floors the materials have been thought through well and it's an acoustically uh, a good environment. Well, yeah. you
1: you you bring that up, and then you look at the space we're in. Yes, yeah, so and I was, we have yeah. we have we have glass. I mean, not everybody seventy five percent but glass. Seventy five percent glass. I noticed you put the blinds down, though. <laughs> well, that's more for lighting than it is for for
2: acoustics. Same with you guys, right? So this is mm-hmm. where people are going. There's less consideration on the acoustic properties of the room, which puts a greater demand on the technology to be able to deal with those challenging environments. So with with a lot of the technology under the hood that we have, even rooms with long RT sixty time or or really reverberant rooms, uh our products just sound better in. And to try and disseminate that to the customer, yeah, it's a speakerphone, it's three hundred and fifty dollars. The customer, you know, our competitor has one too. Why is ours better? Please don't ask me that, because I will talk your ear off (laughs) for about an hour telling you exactly why ours are better. Because having gone to Japan and seen, worked with the Japanese engineers, you know, we have De-reverberation. We have auto gain control. We have uh, mics that, when there's no speech going on, they don't pass any audio to the far end. We now have a range of products that are coming out where you can be in a noisy cafeteria, and we have what's called sound cap. Creates a little virtual one meter bubble around you guys, with far field noise rejection, we're really not listening to anything outside that bubble or transmitting that audio to the far end. So as these rooms and environments change in today's business, um, you need really good advanced technology under the hood, anyone can make an okay microphone element. Most people can make a decent speaker. It's the processing between those two that really makes the difference in the products. So if we
1: reach the limitation on traditional microphone element constructions, I mean, are, are we 100% dealing with the transport and the DSP at this point to improve that? Yeah, I think the, the key thing is
2: you need to have more than one mic. So if you can have an array of mics, then there's a lot more you can do. You could look at the time arrival of sounds and, and, and look at what's going on between the mics. We can actually calculate the size of the room from one of our $350 conference phones. Every one of our products is constantly adjusting the equalization as well. For example, our, our YVC-1000. This thing's phenomenal, kind of an unsung hero in our lineup. It's the number one selling UC solution in Japan, and another conversation, by the way, Japan skipped SIP; they never even went to SIP, so they are advanced beyond other countries as far as UC because right. they went straight from PBX to cell phone and UC. They skipped it skipped uh, uh, voice over IP.
1: That that part number is a very. Yamaha part number, by the way, the YVC one <laughs> thousand. Yeah, I mean, it could easily be a four wheeler or a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, our, our
2: nomenclature is kind of kind of basic when we when we expanded the YI one, which is the Yamaha one. Uh, okay. When we expanded that, we called it the XL, the extra large. So, again, not a lot of creativity on the, on the naming front. but a lot I, of or, or it is very, very creative. It depends
0: yeah. on how you want to look at yeah, it. It's
2: descriptive
1: and creative. I appreciate the, the, the simplicity, personally.
2: Yeah, but, the, again, not, not a lot of uh, uh, flair in the names, but a lot of flair under the hood. That YVC-1000, for example, um, it's really, it really works well if you're moving the mics around the room. Suppose you have a horseshoe arrangement one day, you'll lay the mics out. Well, by the time I'm going to get my coffee, I hit the tuning fork button. And it analyzes the room, plays noise through the speakers or the external speakers, and tweaks itself. I actually have a graph where I show this is the, 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 analy- the analyzation of the room, this is the graph, this is the filter it applied, and this is the new curve based on the filter. And all of this is happening under the hood, so back to that point, the A and AV. What, what we can do in audio now to really uh, perfect that far end sound is amazing and really enhances the meeting. You can have the best 4K display in the world. But if you've got bad audio or unsynced audio, it sticks. It sticks out big time like a sore thumb.
3: There's a really great white paper we have that goes through all of the testing and analysis that Tim's talking about. So it has all the graphs and the charts, and it's pretty impressive when you actually read through it. So I don't understand cool. any of it. But
1: <laughs> they, you know, it does. Not, not to get not to get too sidetracked. I know that these guys know. Oh, quiz time! Quiz time! The logo, the Yamaha logo. Do you know what that is? <sighs>
0: Uh. All right, let me take I mean a I'm pointing
1: I'll I'll put it up on the screen later, but
0: let me take my best salesperson stab at it. If you don't already know, it you'll looks get it like right. the North Star always <laughs> true. He
1: he actually told you the answer did he really? just a second ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Did he? Did you? Did he I?
1: he yeah. used
3: You absolutely did. About the YVC 1000, you said you just pressed the pressed the tuning fork. Yeah.
1: So, so that's a tuning fork. It's three tuning forks laid over each other so i'm gonna quiz you now
2: uh (laughs) that's right so so
1: everybody knows out there the yamaha logo is three three tuning tuning. forks inside of a circle and it's the same logo they've used for motorsports for audio and everything as far as i know right no i'll
2: shoot you a link but when i was standing outside the motor museum excuse me the uh, uh technology road museum They had the history of the logo and there's been about, I'm going to say about 20 iterations of the Yamaha logo. The tuning forks was not original. What is interesting to me though, yes it is a tuning fork. Yamaha started as a music company. Um, There's actually two major differences between the Yamaha logo for sound and the uh, Yamaha logo for motors. The tuning forks on the sound don't touch the external circle. The tuning forks on the motorcycle overlap the external circle, so when I was getting my Yamaha motorcycle tattoo, I had to be really careful that <laughs> I got the right one. But also, if you did notice, you give the whole
0: like? Did you give him like a twenty-minute spill to the yeah, artist? Was, like, right, hey man, like, <laughs> we got to get this right.
1: <laughs> I'd have been God, the guy God, with the wrong. Don't. I'd have been the guy with the wrong tattoo. <laughs> right, i just
0: you cannot miss this up. All right, so so Greg and there's okay. Another, there's what's another, our logo? Another differentiation though. What honestly. what's our logo? So.
1: That's it's, Taurus the Bull. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is what is this specifically? You, you you got the premise correct. Oh man. Oh I see a nose it's, ring it's in the there. Nose it's ring. the nose with the <laughs> nose <laughs> ring. You got it. All
0: right. So That's great. Uh, another embarrassing fact. I thought for at least a year when I first started here, which was a long time ago, yeah. that that was like an alien. I had no idea that that was. Now you're you are a Taurus symbol. You're you're born in I, May, I, right? I'm well, okay. So I'm
1: like one day off. I'm an adopted Taurus, but technically I'm a Gemini.
0: Okay, so you see, I never think Taurus. I'm I'm on like a Virgo or something. So
1: well, but so, the Taurus symbol doesn't have a ring. I'm trying to, in to make nose, an excuse
0: though. for not knowing what the logo is. To me, it always looked like
1: big giant floppy ears like
2: oh gosh yeah, i'm sure we, our ownership's gonna sure, love that you have the bull you know, <laughs> <laughs> here <laughs> sure we, we are enough. in texas that would have been a longhorn for sure <laughs> absolutely
3: absolutely
2: yeah. so oh, I'm the, sorry, uh, the, other,
3: the other real quick
2: difference in it is that in the oh yeah i sport, forgot to finish on the m
3: the, the, the m, uh, m in use in the music goes all the way down to the bottom in the motorsports the m the middle part of the m truncates midway Oh wow! So, yeah.
1: Okay, these, okay these I've got are some a big go- deal, deal. I've on. got some. No, <laughs> it I'm, sounds like it. Yeah. I've got some googling to do because now I'm gonna. I I, I I felt like I was blowing people's mind knowing that it was tuning forks and. Then you know what else is? We have to
0: make sure that when we when we post the cast that we're we using the, the right correct logo. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
2: Don't oh, put man. the motor one up there. I'm and glad it came up. And What's funny is I I I ride motorcycles on track days with my son, and I got a lot of friends uh, in the industry that ride and. Um, When I first started showing up at the track with my Yamaha music jacket on and all my hat and all my stuff, nobody got it. And then one or two people would come up and go, that's not motors, that's music. And I'm like, man, that's pretty good. Now, uh, it is really widely known in the motorcycling community. If you have, I mean, they look at me now like I'm a poser if I show up with my Yamaha music shirt on (laughs) at a motorcycle event. They're like, that's not motorcycle related. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a big distinction between the two, and it's a very little distinction in the logo. (laughs) Um what's the uh sorry Robert the speakerphone you
1: sold to the lady on the airplane what's the part number for that
3: what, what oh that's that's the the YVC200 the yvc which, 200. which is kind of like our entry level product but again the the technology that's in there is extremely sophisticated and we'll so, we'll
1: share that yeah, we'll yeah. share
3: that on screen yeah and it's a great great little product and it's a good when segment. i saw it
1: it's like about like oh wow, it's, 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 it's about
3: 6 inches you know um, salad plate size nice size comes in black and white. So you know, if you're a Macintosh user, a lot of women like the white ones. You know, so it's a great personal speaker phone. A quick, quick little story on this on the quality of it. I was giving a training to one of the Yamaha music engineers over in Europe from my home office, and so I picked up the YVC 200, and I'm talking about, I'm putting it up in front of the camera, and so on. I put it back down again. He said, "Hold on, do that again." So I do it again, you know, and I said, what is it? He said, that's incredible. The audio on my end never changed one single bit from when you had it down in front of you, lifting it up, putting it up against the displays and back and forth. And it kind of blew him away that his audio was consistent on his end. Nice. Yeah.
1: What's the physical
3: audio connections on that box? Uh, It is USB, Bluetooth and NFC connections. Again, like Tim said, uh, you know, Yamaha skipped SIP, so all of our products uh, have NFC connectivity as well.
2: I'll tell you what blew me away about that product when I first got it. I'm like, okay, this is a personal device. This looks like product A and product B for my competitors. I plugged it into my computer. It sounded fantastic. I paired it to my phone. When the phone rang, it rolled over to the phone, played the conversation. When when we hung up, it rolled automatically back to my (coughs) PC audio. Then I unplugged it, and the LED stayed on. That's when I found out it had a 10-hour battery in it that was a real game changer for me but the real game changer was also that it has a headset port and a speaker mute so many of these little devices don't have a mic mute because they're a conferencing device yeah but if you're playing music or whatever out of your laptop i can just reach over and hit the speaker mute without fumbling on my keyboard that made a big difference for me i said okay this is really better than the competitors and the real icing on the cake was not just the processing under the hood but it had an earbud port on it as well yeah. so i was actually in houston at a starbucks in a loud <coughs> environment i had to jump on a zoom call a conference call i put my earbuds in i could hear the far end perfectly and with the noise cancellation and the advanced processing on the microphone even from a loud starbucks the far end could not tell i was in a noisy environment so for 189 bucks that product's amazing to me and the big one for me the zipper is still on the neoprene (laughs) bag two years later it's nothing like getting a road warrior product and the bag comes apart on you right so
0: that's a good segue because um one of the challenges that myself and the rest of the sales team has is a lot of customers are going to smaller breakout areas, huddle rooms. A lot of people are even calling them phone rooms, bistro, um, room. bistro rooms, there's just a ton of the, the nomenclature out there and a lot of open floor plan concepts where they want to have these little breakout rooms because someone somewhere has taken the analytics of how many smaller meeting spaces they may need right. as opposed to. 10, 12, 50 people meeting spaces. And so we're we're going out and championing products like that because you're talking about having a solution in a space where normally you would be taking your cell phone and you're probably sitting there with two or three other people. And that experience is not engaging. You know, the people on the other side are... Even the best iPhone speakerphone, when you're, when you're six feet away from it, I mean, that's just is what it is. People ask you right away, are you on a, you know. Yeah, so I think it's important for our listeners and viewers to understand that if, at a very minimal expense, you can increase productivity and engagement and audio conversations with a product like the 200 and pop those in to those little spaces where you are going to go buy a $750 Cisco video phone that hangs on the wall. You know and and i think that's a a big understatement for a lot of customers and i don't think that a lot of people know that those products are out there i think that they just see what's on their desk and they think that that's something that they can put into
3: the only thing i would caution about that is that the yvc 200 is such a desirable personal product that if it were left in a small conference room it's gonna grow some legs exactly (laughs) yeah
1: but it's affordable Uh, enough we're gonna get them to buy 1,000 or so. Oh, I like your head's it's out, a great, out there, Corey. That is a great product. <laughs> yeah,
2: it does, yeah. it does think, have a Kensington lock on it, but it's more of a yeah. brand ambassador p- product as well. Yeah, yeah. I think we have a YGC customer that's
0: going to do, they're, they're going to, so to your point, instead of leaving them in the rooms, they're going to be checked out yeah. at a front desk, which is a, a great idea. So they're going to have a dozen of them. And if someone's going to go use those rooms, all they got to do is come by and put their initial on it. It's a really cool concept.
2: Yeah. 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 And we see that. I think the two. what we see is the 200s are issued to every person because it's more of a personal on-the-go yeah. mobile device. But then the 330 fits that bill, Robert. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 And then gives
3: you the, uh, the 330 would give you the option that if they, couldn't get a room but needed to meet in the company cafeteria or whatever, and you're going to have this ambient noise, you can press two buttons, put the sound cap on, the LEDs turn blue so you know you're in sound cap, and now you're kind of in that, that bubble and they're not going to hear the sound
0: cap is fascinating either. to me it really is um i think that people really have to experience that to get the understanding the verbiage is is awesome and it gives you this this uh idea in your brain but to actually experience that is is really cool well, we have a we've got to see yeah you got to see an action we then then have, I was going to say ahead.
3: real real quickly uh oral roberts university has this room called the um learning collaboration lab i believe it's called and it's a it's a classroom set up with Huddle spaces all around the perimeter of the room. So there's about six or eight bullet tables in there with displays on the wall, five or six seats around them, and they're now putting the YVC uh, 330 at each one of those tables. So student can come in, they they you know connect their laptop, uh, and now they can have their own little private conference with the far end while other student groups yeah. in the room are doing. It. And they're not bleeding over into each yeah, other. Yeah, so
2: it's about a 40 by 40 or maybe a 40 by 50 space with six little work cells in there. Yeah. And that sound cap applies to that where you can keep the sound locally to that table um, and not spill over to the other areas. It's
0: like having cool. six different huddle areas without the walls in there. So I know we just, uh, we're, we're coming off of the end of, of Europe's largest audiovisual show, ISE, And we're we're going to be coming up before we know it into Infocom, which is in the summer months here. Yep. I can't, I feel embarrassed. Is it, is it June, Vegas? June. Yeah, it's Vegas, yeah, Vegas is Okay. Here. June. I'll be there. So, so the, the attendance will be up by 20% because <laughs> yeah. it's in Vegas. Um, and so I, I'm sure you guys will be in attendance at Infocom.
2: Yeah. So we have two big announcements coming up this year. One's going to be at Infocom and it's really exciting for us. It's so exciting that Greg and I are chomping at the teeth. We, we can't tell anyone what's coming, but please come by and see us. And the other nice exciting thing is this year we're next to, uh, Yamaha Pro Sound. So last year we were about a half mile apart on the tri- on the show floor. This year we're side by side. So it's one visit to come see Yamaha. So you to see the Pro. Do you know
1: where you're at yet? Well. Are you going to be main floor or are you going to oh, be? Oh man,
2: we should have come. Prepared yeah, should
1: have
3: prepared. Oh, that's that. okay. okay. What we'll do is we'll put up the at audio the audio section.
0: We'll put up the information. Oh yeah, that, about that would make the, sense. We'll put up the booth number and information at the at the end of the show, so that way our viewers and listeners can can go there and make sure that they know where to find you guys. Yeah,
2: yeah we'll put that out. I know we're in a good location with all the usual suspects, with the well, and, players. You know, you and I are always
0: up for a personalized tour if somebody needs it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love giving personalized tours. It helps uh, our current customer base and maybe even some prospective customers get a, a grasp of not only what our partners have to offer, but what Taurus what is great at. Um, so, so Greg, you were telling us about, I, I want to mention this because I want our viewers and listeners to know about it. You were telling us about a, a Yamaha product app, right? Yes.
3: Yes. Okay. So we used to be famous for these little glossy flip books that had all of our products. And we would leave them behind, you know, call, yeah. like, almost like a calling card. And we used to joke around about, they made great. Coffee coasters because of the <laughs> laminated sheets. It you spilled your coffee. You didn't have to worry about it. Well, with all the changes in the technology, those books became outdated really quickly. So we decided to go to an electronic app, you know, and we now have this product finder app that's available not only on our website, you know, but also uh, iOS and a Google version or uh, Android versions that you can download for free. So. We've got them on our phones, our iPads, Excellent. And our Androids, and everything. And Sounds it makes pretty it very handy. Very easy to search for a product based on uh, the type of room or type of product, the you know categories that you need: wireless mics, Bluetooth, things like that.
0: Nice.
1: Know? Well, and, and we'll we'll share those links on screen later too, so that everybody can
0: get access to those. Yep. yep. And to that point, if you'd like more information on Yamaha and the music division, particularly UC, uh, we'll have that information below. Um, So please visit them. And please don't hesitate to give us a call, email, let us know what else you'd like to hear about Yamaha, maybe even come into our showroom here in Flower Mound, Texas. And uh, get a closer look at some of the products and see how Tour Technologies can help you integrate those products effectively. Um, Greg, Tim, we really appreciate y'all's time. It's been very entertaining, very fun. This was a lot of fun. Um, we hope yeah, to have you guys hours. on again. You know, if you're on three times, we'll get you your own bobblehead. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like how both of you simultaneously so <laughs> Do
3: you do you know what kind of credit I would get with my son if I came home with my own bump?
0: <laughs> oh well, see, so, yeah, now now we may have to just make it two visits. Uh, work from, it out. <laughs> no, thanks for well, having Maybe us. after yeah. maybe
3: after Infocom because then we've got some exciting stuff that we yeah can
2: talk absolutely about and that's and not educate. that's not that far away. No.
0: Yeah. Um, so thanks again to everybody. Thank if you'd you. like any more information, you'd like to hear more subjects like this or anything else, please email us at info at I hope you guys have a great day, and thanks for listening and watching. Thank you
3: Bye. for being such a great partner, guys.
0: Thanks, guys.